What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Comics and Chronic. We got a guest on today's episode. Unfortunately, Cody couldn't make it. It's me. It's Jake. Jake FH, hey. who you know and love, hopefully. <laughs> Not more than me. But uh, <laughs> today we have artist Scott Koblish. He's done work for Marvel, DC, a book we're going to talk about that just came out on 420, actually. We really wanted to talk about this one. It's, it's from Image Comics. It's called The Secret History of the War on Weed, written by Jerry Duggan and Brian Posehn. And yeah, so Scott, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's uh, nice to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. So I, I hear, are you based in LA? I am. I live in North Hollywood. Okay, nice. I'm in, I'm in Culver City. Oh, okay. I used to live in uh, Rancho Park, which is right next to Culver City. That's, yeah, I know exactly where that is. It's very close. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's on the other side of Pico, I think. Yeah. Culver City is a funny town because um, they own a couple, well, not own, but the town like has a couple of like, these little spurs that go into the rest of LA where they just slam like a Costco or some big box store and then they reap in the taxes from that. But like it's it, the, the, the traffic is all in like Venice. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a weird little like, uh, uh, have you ever looked at the, the city limits on Culver city? It's fascinating. looks like yeah. a big block with like octopus legs all around yeah. it. So. Oh, that sounds like some, uh, Chinatown conspiracy theory going on. If you look at the map, you're just like, well, that, that, that little spur just leads to the Costco. And I wonder why it stops at the Costco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really cool. I didn't know that. It's a funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So I want to ask right away, are, are you a stoner at all? So I was when I was younger. Uh, I it, now that it's legal, I've had it a whole bunch of times, and people I know partake of it all the time. So um, honestly, like if you talk to me when I was like eighteen, absolutely. Yeah. When I was twenty-five, I just sort of lost the habit, and then um, now that it's legal here in California, it's uh, it's yeah, it's I'll have a tincture or I'll have a. a gummy or smoke some it's it's strange to talk about it just because for me i'm older than probably you guys and it was super illegal so it was like kind of like you know like so you know are you a murderer <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> the question what it used to be but now it's just like you know are would you like to have a beer you know what i mean like do you yeah. ever have a beer i guess yeah <laughs> so it's it's just kind of like um it's a big sea change, you know, like for, for my generation. And I think it's, really, I'm really grateful that my kids generation doesn't have to deal with it. You know, oh, so nice. that's true. Oh, so yeah. you, have, you have kids now. I do have a child. Yeah. Yeah. I have a child. For me, like, um, like I said, uh, even part of the impetus of this book, uh, the secret history of the war on weed was, um, you know, I had friends that were, you know, one guy, it, they were brothers. One guy is like a nuclear physicist and the other it, like struggles to get jobs at Walmart. And the only difference between the two of them was that one of them got picked up, you know, caught by the cops in way back. He wound up in jail for a while. He came out angry and really struggling to find work, you know, and that was only just because of, uh, you know, honestly, his rap sheet at that point, which was pointless because, uh, like I said, his brother was, just the same as in it's just, he didn't get caught, you know, into the web of madness that, uh, making uh, something like this illegal became like a big problem for him. So I, for me, it's kind of personal. 
on that level. I don't, I, I really did not like what it did. It was like a meat grinder for people's lives. And, uh, I'm super grateful that like, you know, like I said, I live in North Hollywood and practically every other store is a dispensary. Yeah. You know, I can walk out of my door and before I get to the grocery store, I've got like two dispensaries, you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's great. I'm super happy that it's there. Honestly, a lot of these stores were just abandoned stores with nobody in them before they were weed stores. So, so yeah, for me, it's kind of personal and that, that I didn't, I didn't really like what prohibition did to uh, the culture and to the, the country and the people that were friends of mine. So, uh, as far as me being a stoner, um, uh, it's not, it's like having a beer every like couple times of a month, you know what I mean? So, but I absolutely understand the, the benefits of it and, it really does help to ease everyone's anxiety and, and uh, make a nice day out of it. You know, you'll, you'll go to a bar and there'll be a fight somewhere at some point at the bar. But honestly, like if it's a lounge where like people are getting stoned, I've never seen a fight. At anything <laughs> yeah, <like that>. exactly. <laughs> Stoners aren't going to fight. Like to your point, I, th- I feel like, especially like out here with the dispensaries, it does feel like it's one of the uh, like few, I don't know. I don't want to say revitalization because it's definitely not revitalized, but for lack of a better word, revitalization of like the mom and pop shops. Yeah, because absolutely. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of like really big ones like MedMen. Or- yeah, you have MedMen, which just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say it. I don't like MedMen. But there's a ton of mom and pop shops, like you said, and yeah. even before it became legal for everything outside of medicinal use, like uh, medi- medicinal use was like really tiny shops. Yeah, which was uh, fascinating because that was that was the stuff where like you could go in and talk to people who were really earnest about it, knew a lot about it. You know, yeah. all these bud there's no a ton of stuff about what they do and how they, I, when I was a kid, I, I wouldn't have been able to answer the difference between uh, sativa and. and uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no and then to find out like, you know, there's different strains within all of that and hybrids and, and then like uh, potencies and it's kind of like buying like wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You go in and you're, they're just like, well, this is the varietal of grape. And uh, you, this is a red wine. This is a white. This is a mix of rosé. You know, you get all these different kinds of things, and it's fascinating to me because um, it went from kind of being a black box—you never knew what you were going to get—to being something that has, you know, some some measure of control, some measure of, you know, you can you can if you have a high that you're looking for, something that's not paranoid or not like, you know, you can get something. That fits along those lines, and especially if you just talk to your bud tender, they'll be more than happy to lead you in a particular direction. There's a ton of small uh, businesses, essentially, that are up and down the coast that are just trying to, you know, they'll say like, "Here's the tincture that we made, or here's the the gummy that we make," and you know, it's all packaged and. Well, it's almost impossible to open little bags, but yeah. like, uh, <laughs> yeah, those things are impossible, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple of ways that like, uh, how, you know, once you find out, you're like, oh, okay, I can totally get how to open this now. But <laughs> kind of like a dumbass trying to open them, but yeah. Yeah, just yeah. ripping the whole thing open. Just like, <laughs> I think I broke a couple Ziplocs. Oh, like, dude. Whatever, I need them. Sometimes I buy pre-rolls and they come in this like child-proof like thing. Yeah. And it's just really fucking hard to get open. So I'll just like, ugh, like pry it open because it's really difficult. 
to like Hulk it over. little stubby fingers. I can't really quite get it. <laughs> I have a running joke with my wife that uh, she'll ask me to open something and I'll be like, but do you want to close it again? Uh, <laughs> anything, it's just I can't necessarily like close it <laughs> once I've torn it open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. That's good. So, so I thought something really cool about this comic was that, um, and it says when you get to the end of the comic that the proceeds from the comic um, are going to um, charities that that help people that have been like um, affected by like cannabis related. I'm I'm wording it. I'm trying to remember the exact wording. Charities <laughs> working to free cannabis prisoners. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, there's a whole bunch of uh, we had a, a resource page at the end that had a whole bunch of. Um, uh, people that you can donate to their charities that I kind of trust. And, uh, you know, they help people out for all of this stuff. Like now that it's legal, that, uh, pot is, uh, legal. Like it's ridiculous that there are people still in rotting in prison. Over it. So there's a, there's a charity that I'm going to donate because each one of us are going to donate 10% of our proceeds to uh, one of the charities that we kind of like best. I'm going to donate to the last prisoner project. And uh, I, I forget which ones Brian and Jerry are doing, but uh, it's along those lines. And uh, for me, that charity is really great because, um, you know, it does help people out. You know, there's, there's just zero reason that these guys have to be rotting away in jail, especially if they're not like a violent offender. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all I did was sell weed. They should just be yeah, out. Sell weed or get caught with it, you know. So yeah. like, and, uh, and I would love for it not to be a felony, like a a, a federal crime anymore. Uh, the House has passed uh, to legalize it uh, uh, countrywide, and um, uh, the Senate is would be next. If you live in a state where anybody who's listening, if you live in a state where your senator is on the fence. Um, cause, uh, it does cross party lines. You know, people think that the drug war is ridiculous on all sides of the politics. Um, mm-hmm. if you have a Senator that you think you can reach and get, get them interested in like signing the, or voting for it, uh, you know, please do. Cause, um, I don't think it'll come up in the next session of Congress and it might be longer, you know, it might take another five to 20 years for it to come up again. So it's great that it passed up. So yeah, we're donating 10% of the proceeds, uh, you know, the, the profits from the, the book to, um, to those charities. So, uh, and nice. it's really important to have done that because, uh, it was something that we were thinking about my court for quite a while. That's cool. Thanks. That's really cool. And that, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Like, you know, it's just another incentive to even buy the comic if you haven't already. I mean, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I literally bought two copies. I was like, Ooh. Oh, that's I, awesome. That's yes. <laughs> but now I'm not knowing that. So now that I did that now, I just feel like a better person. So yeah, you are a better person. <laughs> what part of the country are you in? I'm in uh, New York. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. So when we, uh, when we pushed to get the book out, uh, there was a lot of like, uh, I was sending postcards to different stores and saying like, you know, if you can like, uh, grab a hold of this comic. Not every state is uh, has it legalized, so I was kind of careful about the, the stores, or at least when I would contact them about the stores that uh, would have it. it it's not um, you can read the comic without being a stoner, like totally, yeah. like it's no problem yeah. at all. And the character, the main character that we have in it is we're going to use them in other things. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, but uh, but it it really does help to have, and that's why we put it out on four twenty. That was we kind of worked backwards. We knew that there was a there was a release date of 420 and then we just started 
putting our heads together to try and figure out what the story would be. So nice. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's so, <laughs> so the idea was just like 420 and then go from there. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, there's a 420, like, uh, you know, Jerry came to me and he's like, did you know that there's a 420 release date? And I was like, no way, you know, and he was like, yeah, you think we could do something with that? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we looped Brian in and then just like, just sat down and talked about it. And I went through it. We, it happened really quick. We, we started it in like, I want to say like late December talking about it and then by like january i started by march i was done with it so wow it's really fast turnaround but uh, i was proud of that you know it looks great i'm really happy with the work and yeah. uh, the, the colors is fantastic um hi-fi um yeah over, over in arizona they're just amazing so i've had really good luck with them they they first colored over my stuff when i was working with george perez on legion of three worlds and uh, I've loved their work ever since. And Brian and and uh, Christy are just wonderful people. So I have a question about uh, Scotch Mc, McTiernan. Yeah. Scotch McTiernan. Yeah. Was he in any way? Because he cut to me when I was reading it. He looks like he looks like a combination of Guile from Street Fighter, and then <laughs> mm-hmm. he kind of seems like I don't know. Have you ever heard of Death Blow? Uh, a little, yeah. There's, I remember that that comic. It was a comic, right? Yeah, it's like, it was a comic. It was yeah. Jim Lee, like fire from his Firestorm. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, yeah no, he's, he's kind of like a spec that. op soldier, also. So when I was reading it, I was like, oh, that's cool. It kind of, yeah. Uh, so I was, I was wondering if any, if any of those two were an inspiration as far as uh, uh, his look no. or his feel. Yeah, we were just kind of looking for commando kind of, uh, uh, you know, secret ops, like soldier kind of guy. Um, and we just ran from there. It was actually, he was blonde for a little while when we were thinking about it. <laughs> and then it's like, I don't see enough gingers out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's put something in there for them. And, yeah. um, yeah, it was just, uh, it was fun to do like, uh, and then, of course, the 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 team of uh, the the motley crew of team that he has to fight, you know, halfway through the book, like uh, those are all like eighties kind of like characters, like pastiches of uh, you know trends or or things that I would see in the popular culture back then. So that was just kind of fun to to name check that kind of stuff and play around with it, like. Uh, and then what was interesting is all, you would, I would throw out an idea, like a silly idea, and then I'd think about it for a little while, and then I'd go, oh, you know, I can probably tie this character in a little tighter with another one. And then, um, you know, I'd send my notes to Jerry and Brian, and then they would come back with uh, some more suggestions or change in dialogue, and that would make it really kind of sing. Um, it was a very collaborative process and, um, I really, really enjoyed uh, working on it. So it's a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. I do appreciate the silliness of it because like, yeah. I get, I, maybe I just, I just, you know, as soon as I saw the title, as soon as I saw that cover, I was like, I need this comic. And then, <laughs> and then I'm re- like, I thought it might even be like, um, like just like a, a, a history book in a way, like, because the word hi- history is there. I'm like, all right, this is good. I'm going to learn something here, but it's, it's not, but not in a bad way. Right. Like you still no, get that message across. Like, 
you know, when, yeah. when Scotch McTiernan um, is going to just like invade the farm where they're growing weed, basically, you know, you get, you get that moment where it's like, why are you doing this to us? He's like, the government's selling me. He's like, you know, like, it's like, there's still yeah. those moments where you get those, you know, those real moments, I guess I want to call it uh, surrounding all this silliness, which I really loved about the comic. Hmm. Well, that's what, that's where Brian and Jerry and I kind of excel. Like, uh, we we come up with tremendous goofiness, and then what I what I found when we were working on Deadpool was just that it's a lot of fun to kind of you make them laugh a whole bunch, and then you hit them with a gut punch. Mm. It's kind of like um, when you're watching a, a good concert, like um, you know the band will come out and they'll just like hit you with like a whole bunch of rock and tunes, and then like at some point the concert cools down a bit. And they hit you with something hard, like emotionally, you know, and that's kind of what I like to do in comics as well. Like, uh, I find that very few people even bother with comedy, like, uh, or jokes. Like it's, it's not, especially in superhero comics or action comics, like it's just kind of not done. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, I find the whole genre kind of silly. Which is great. I mean, like, it's not. I don't. I don't dismiss it. I think it's just kind of fun and silly. So for me, like, it was really important, especially the last like three pages where we did, um, you know, Scotch in prison. Mm. You know, like, that kind of stuff was super important to me to put in there for some sort of context and for some way for us to talk about just the pointlessness of the war on drugs um, and how it just destroyed people's lives. Um, but. I, I kind of figured like most people kind of know that by now. <laughs> so, yeah. like, so I kind of was like, you know, let's, let's like play around with this and have fun with it. So that like, it's an entertaining story, you know, about a guy who's kind of driven and then has a turn and then is kind of driven in the other direction. You know what I mean? So mm. I, I was just going to say, I do love when a uh, scotch meets weed thing. Weed thing's oh, my new favorite uh, comic book character. Weed thing, we're gonna do more things with weed thing. I think. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> hell yes. We're talking plans for next year with weed thing because weed thing is a blast. Thought about doing some shirts with weed thing on it. Sign but me up. But yeah, <laughs> it's just a blast. I love that guy. And uh, yeah, we're gonna do all sorts of fun things with him. I don't want to spoil any of it, but uh, it's gonna be really interesting. Yeah, once we once we land, land weed thing came in really late. Like, uh, there was a whole section oh, really? middle there. Yeah. Where I was going to go into like a history of, uh, you know, prohibition in America dating back from like the, you know, the 1920s and thirties and, uh, when, you know, marijuana was legalized, uh, was illegalized and, uh, why, you know, the racist kind of angle that there was going on with it. And, and then, um, I was sitting down to do it, and then uh, uh, I, I I just wanted to check in with with Jerry. I was like, uh, I was like, hey, I, you know, I'm getting to this section. Like, what do we want to say here? And he was like, Well, Brian and, and I were talking about our character named Weed Thing, and then he, <laughs> I was like, Oh my god, I know exactly what we need here. So, <laughs> it was just a big psychedelic like freak out, and I was like, That's so much fun to draw. And the colorist like jumped in with like both feet, like so. It's a really fun sequence. I love Weed Thing a lot. That's funny. <laughs> Is Weed Thing supposed to look like somebody? No, he's kind of like uh, he's kind of got like a long beard and like freaky hair, and he's just kind of like a hippie kind of dude. 
So like I didn't have anybody in in mind like a Jerry Garcia or something like that. But like, yeah, yeah, that's. But that's it's kind of along those lines, you know, where the guy is just like he's been he's been mellow for a very very long time. <laughs> Jerry Garcia also like if you didn't know who Jerry Garcia was and someone was like picture your typical stoner. Like yeah. Jerry Garcia, even if you know what I mean, like he <laughs> looks like a stereotypical stoner, like that that look. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, that was that was really like the fun of of doing weed things. That, and then of course the the more I thought about it, the more I could put like like buds in his beard and in his hair, and you know, like it was just kind of interesting. Yeah play around with vines and like a tree beard from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, only with marijuana. So. <laughs> I think tree beard would smoke marijuana. I think so. Too. <laughs> so it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like, do you, it sounds like, and I'm asking, do you have a lot of like input with like Jerry and Brian as far as the story goes? I think we do. Yeah, it depends on the project. So um, with some of the projects that I work on with Jerry and Brian, like I'm like second or third in line as far as like what's going on, like the editor and, and Brian or the editor and Jerry have talked about it. Like I'm working on one pri- project with Brian and, and, um, uh, Joe Troman, the guy who's the lead guitar player on, um, uh, on fallout boy. And, uh, oh, nice. yeah, it's really cool. And, uh, they they uh, it's a project over a heavy metal called the axe and uh that was the, they came up with that idea before i came along so i've just been kind of like you know in the design work and i just pour my heart into the story but uh i have very little control over like what where they were going with it but with this one i had way more control over uh was going on it just we tried different things we tried different ways to to sort of skin a skin a cat you know and there's like you know there's the up the belly kind of motion where the writer and the editor are kind of doing it and then there's kind of what i tried with this one where like i do blocks of um like we would talk about everything and then i'd kind of just go back and then just do a block of work and then come back to them and say like here's what this looks like and then just hand them notes and then what's great about the two of them is they're endlessly funny. <laughs> so like yeah. uh, a lot of, a lot of the dialogue, a lot of the, the caption boxes and stuff like that are all things that, uh, you know, we, we sat down one day and we just kind of worked out when we talked about it, you know, like we would just sit down and we would just go through like the first 20 pages and over a period of a couple of hours and just be like, what happens in this panel, you know, and I tell them what, what I was thinking and they'd go like, nah, not funny enough. And then, uh, you know, we would change some things around there. So it was just a real blast. It's, it was really, really fun to do. And, uh, I, I'm hoping that we can do similar things with the next, next couple. Cause, uh, we have, we have more plans for it. Even this year, stuff will come out in the fall and the winter, hopefully. So nice. So, yeah, absolutely. We yeah. Thing be fun. Definitely <laughs> looking forward to that. So, yeah. so I have a question. Um, and maybe this has to do with like, um, how much control you have in the artistic process and h- how a comic's presented. And also, I'll also preface this with, if you don't want us to include this part, that's cool. Cause I don't know 
if you're even allowed to talk about it or whatnot. But so um, I saw the day the comic came out, Image had like tweeted um, the cover of the comic, but with like one of these like NFT apes, which which I thought like just put like the wrong idea out there in the sense that like this comic had absolutely nothing to do with like that cover. You're not the artist for that cover. That's not your cover. Like the writers uh, had nothing to do with that. And I felt like like people immediately saw that and like that's all they could focus on. And like they it, it almost seemed like anything I saw about the comic was like negative. And that bothered me because I picked up the comic. I read it. I loved it. And and I felt like it's like totally removed from that. And I felt like n- it, the focus got removed from the actual comic. Yeah, I would stick with that with that uh, that feeling. Like you enjoyed the comic. You really enjoy- we're going to put out more things and we're going to keep doing it. Um, I don't, as far as that, co- that cover, I don't have in common at the point, this point I yeah. could go into it, but it just would be a lot of spinning of wheels. Right. And everybody uh, just gets worked up. Like the more they get worked up, the more, the further away from reality they get. So I'm just kind of like, I'm just, it's not something I'm interested in talking about. No, absolutely. So. Absolutely. No. Yeah. And, and I figured, I honestly figured, and again, even by talking about it was going to take away from the comic. So I, I didn't want to like focus on that. Yeah. Cause I want to focus on the comic. Like we spent like, you know, months trying to get that thing to, to be a great story, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, it's a, uh, it's so funny how people get really like, they get sidetracked. They'll, something will come up and it has nothing to do with anything. Exactly. And they get real, so it's interesting on that level but for me the comic is the most important thing we've we've poured our heart and soul into it you know i um i uh i spent a lot of time just at the drawing board uh, for the last 30 years coming up with things to try and make people happy so that's the angle that i'm coming from on whenever i'm putting out work so um that's pretty much all I have to say about that one. But <laughs> no, that's it. totally fair. Totally fair. And I didn't mean to put you on the spot about it. Or oh, it's fun. I yeah, like I said, it's fun. <laughs> cool, cool. So let's go past that then. How about let's? Um, oh, here's it's a book I haven't read, but I wanted to ask you about it. So, so you did a book called "The Many Deaths of Scott Koblish." I did. Yes, I was very excited. That one's still available on Amazon, if, or or anywhere you get your books, Barnes and Noble, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, you can pick it up. I did it for Chronicle Books. It, the origin of that one was I was stressed out at a particular time in my life. And uh, I, I would just before I would go to bed, uh, or as I was just drifting off in bed, like my body would kind of lock up. There's that moment you have oh. where you oh. can't move, but you're about yeah. to fall asleep. So my body would kind of lock up and I would think, well, maybe this is what death feels like. You know, you can't move, you can't, you know, but your brain is still going. Yeah. And like sleep paralysis? Yeah. Yeah. Sleep paralysis. I was like, is this what death is like? And then I would, I would get all freaked out and then I, I wouldn't go to sleep. Like, I'd just be like, okay. <laughs> uh, so, like, I was kind of, it was, it was dovetailing in with all these, like, uh, times where I would kind of, um, I'd get stressed out. Like, I'd walk uh, down the street and it would be a beautiful sunny day. But like, uh, I'd see like a tree limb fall, like just some small tree limb. And then I'd get all freaked out. I'm like, Oh my God, like a bigger tree limb is going to fall on my head and I'm going to 
I'm going to get crushed and die. (laughs) (laughs) You know, or I drive across like a bridge and I'd go like, oh no, the car's going to spin out of control and I'm going to go off the bridge and die. Oh God. (laughs) And, uh, and I wasn't, I wasn't smoking any weed uh, to alleviate anxiety, I guess. So I I just sort of thought like, how can I kind of get a control on these like particular dark thoughts? And, um, I thought, well, the one thing that I do all day long is I draw. So that's pretty much my answer for everything that I can do. I mean, like it's the answer for how do I pay my rent? How do I, how do I eat during the week as I draw? You know? and, and then like I paid enough to, to, to be able to eat and to live under a, a, a roof and stuff like that. So, so I thought, well, why don't I just try and draw my way out of this problem? So I started drawing like little um, four panel comic strips, uh, you know, just for myself. And then I started posting them on social media and uh, all my friends were getting a real charge of it. They really enjoyed seeing it. So these things would pop up in their feed and just me dying horribly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, at, first, there, at first they were somewhere sad, somewhere happy, you know, somewhere like comedic. And I found that I got like more of a, more of a, more response just in general, if it was funny. So uh, I just I sort of leaned into that direction and uh, it was a real blast. I just, I did more and more and more and more. And then a friend of mine who worked over at Chronicle Books was like, do you want to put this into a book? And I was like, well, I've already got, I think I had like 50 or 60 of these things and uh, I needed 96 in the end. So I was like, yeah, of course. I mean, it's interesting to have an editor on something like that because uh, my editor would say like uh, things like, oh, you know, like that death is just, uh, we kind of expected that. And I go, really? Like you expected me to get chewed up by a propeller off a boat. And I was like, you'd say it's not, you know, if you could, you'd send me back to the drawing board, literally. And then I would, I would come back instead of getting chewed up by the, the propeller on the boat, like I'd get, you know, grabbed by mermaids and romanced by mermaids and then slammed in the Davy Jones locker. And that's how I got yeah. just little fun things like that. So it was a real gas to be able to, to, uh, to do that. And it's, um, it's a, yeah, like I say, it's still available out there. Like you can pick up a copy anytime you want. I just signed a whole bunch of copies this past week at the different store sunnings that I was doing all across LA and Ventura. So Okay. It's a fun book. I, I, it's a real, like 120 pages or something like that. So it's, um, it's a big book. It's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it, it's funny to say that it's a lot of fun because most people are like, wait a minute, it's you dying over and over again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but it's fun. And kids really like it because they do actually like it. I, the, the kids that are most curious about it at the conventions I go to are like boys, like, eight to like 13 and then like girls like 11 to 15 like they really kind of like something that's slightly transgressive but funny you know like it's like they're probably a little afraid of it if it's in their life at all you know like death is a pretty intense uh uh, thing to go through so like you know their their grandparents might have died or somebody they know might have died or they see it on tv or in movies and they're they're trying to process it and, um, you know, this is just another way to kind of process it. I, 
I'm not saying that I'm a genius or anything like that. It's just that I noticed <laughs> it's really like it and uh, that the adults kind of like it too. Um, I always yes. tell everyone when they come up to my booth and they pick it up, if they've laughed three or four times, they have to buy it. So, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you that's need to start sweet. slapping on the many, like a sticker underneath that says four kids, like the many deaths of Scott <laughs> Koblish, four kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we even... Uh, <laughs> When my wife and I got married, we did a, a, a mini comic of the many marriages of, of Scott and Jill Koblish. Like, um, we did a, it was great because we were able to do a whole bunch of like, uh, things together. We were like married, got married on the moon or like got married in a wrestling rink or, you know, like that kind of thing. And, nice. and um, nice. it was just a lot of fun to do to like a, make a call back to that kind of thing. So. It was really neat. Like, uh, like I, I did the drawings and chill colored them up and then we sent them out as like party favors because we got married during COVID. So oh, like nice. uh, it was, everything was kind of locked down and we wanted to make sure that everybody had things, you know, we gave them all hot chocolate and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> just to make sure everyone's pretty happy. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a great book. I, I often, I, I, you know, I, I could probably do another like three of those books. It's just a matter of like uh, selling out with the first batch. So mm. nice. Yeah. <laughs> the cool. fact that you say you could do another three, like, does that just like feel really <laughs> like, does it just feel good to constantly just draw yourself dying? Like, does it like literally like, does it does feel good? It's kind of <laughs> nice. Not like I, I, you know, I didn't even get to vampires or werewolves or volcanoes. <laughs> like, I, I was literally thinking about it the other day. I was like, there's a million ways for me to like, to die this way, uh, you know, it sounds and, kind uh, of therapeutic. If truth be told, absolutely, it was. Yeah, it was very therapeutic. It was funny because I had to try and keep like a narrative out of it, um, but it just kept creeping in. Like, uh, like at some point, my daughter was kind of young uh, when I was doing it. She was like, I want to say like eleven or twelve, and uh, she would come in and she would catch me drawing these things. You know, like I'm being hung. Or like, you know, oh, Jesus. Or, <laughs> like, she's like, why are you doing this? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, art, you know, like, it was like art. <laughs> and, uh, and she did this one thing where she was like, uh, she's like, well, why does it have to be you? And I was like, well, cause it's not funny if it's uh, somebody else, you know, like, and she like hopped in my lap and she goes, well, it's not funny to me. I immediately sat down and I drew that. And then um, I had a whole bunch of lumberjack jokes, which was kind of weird. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, like a guy sawing like a, a tree and the tree falls on him or something like that. So I, I just kind of made like, this is, this never made it into the book, but I, I made a whole bunch of uh, strips called um, John Koblish lumberjack. And uh <laughs> And the trees would like kill me each time at the end, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of abandoned that line of thinking. I just went back to killing me. <laughs> Has your daughter inspired you to maybe do the many lives of Scott Koblish? Well, that'd be interesting. I mean, I kind of have, I feel a little bit like that. I have a new lease on life anyway, just because, nice. you know, I got, I got remarried and uh, we live in a different place and, um, I feel pretty happy with my career and how things have been going. So I really kind of like feel like I, I get that second shot at a another life anyway. Do you know what I mean? So 
Yeah. I really, it's, it's, um, it's like genuinely something that I think about, you know, it's, you know, I'm old enough that I can kind of remember back to different points of in my life and where I lived and stuff like that. And this is genuinely the happiest I've ever been. So it's one of those where like, um, yeah, I could see it doing a many lives of Scott Goldberg, you know. Thanks. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> um, Very cool. Um, I was going to say, I feel like this, you've probably been asked this before, but is there a character that you haven't worked on yet that you would want to? Well, you know, that's a great question. I, I am a giant Legion of Superheroes fan, but I don't think I'll ever get that option. Um, uh, you know, I might try and do something along those lines of science fiction uh, in the future. I, I have a science fiction story that I kind of want to get to once all this stuff is wrapped up, which I don't know if it'll, if it'll get wrapped up at all. We, we keep coming up with new ideas. <laughs> I, I worked on so many of them. I, 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 it's been, you know, almost 30 years of working at Marvel and DC. So I did, I did some Batman stuff um, within the last like three years. And it took me a little bit of time to sort of figure out what my Batman would be but I was kind of happy with it towards the end. Uh, there's a ton of like uh, characters that I haven't worked on yet. I really, I love Firestorm. I always thought that character was really interesting. Nice. nice. And, uh, I do like a lot of the newer characters. Like, like I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious as to how Marvel handles in the movies, at least all the America Chavez stuff and, and uh, the Scarlet Witch's kids and all these things. Like, I would love to draw something along those lines. Nice. Um, just I've already tackled Captain America and Iron Man and and uh, Thor and you know those those kinds of things. Like already, if I were ever to go back to them, I'd try and do something different. I don't really like to to do the same sorts of things uh, each time out. And of course, comics have changed over the last uh, however many years. So I don't even know that the stories wouldn't be the same anyway. So. Mm. Um, I loved working on Deadpool. That was a lot of fun. I would work on Deadpool again, no trouble. Jerry and Brian and I are always standing about ideas, but but it's just a matter of time. And you know, I had to turn down some projects recently just because uh, I'm gonna I'm just swamped. I I literally am just buried under and things, which is a great place to be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Who, who's better to work for, Marvel or DC? I'm just kidding. You don't have to answer that. <laughs> I just had well, to say it. It was like building inside of me. You don't actually have to answer it. <laughs> no, there's, no, there's no answer for this. <laughs> I like both. I'm a big DC fan. Batman is my favorite. I'm just uh, I'm wearing a green lantern shirt right now. I don't know if you guys can see it. Nice. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, oh, it's Parallax. Got his rings on it. Yeah, yeah, it's Parallax when he has the rings. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah. yeah, I love all I love all the characters and all of yeah. these. Uh, you know, like, I'm a big fan of stuff that's even just independent. Like, uh, it's a Ooh, lot of fun. So, so I was going to ask that. Are you... Do you read comic books? And, like, what are you reading right now? Especially if it's independent. Yeah, I... It's funny. That I, I have... I have a lot of DC stuff around me nowadays. Um, nice. My wife works over at DC. So nice. I'm surrounded by DC stuff all the time. And um, so it's interesting to see that kind of stuff. But as far as independent stuff, I've always been a huge fan of Love and Rockets. Uh, Jaime Hernandez's stuff is just fantastic. I just love that guy's work like so much. He's still, you know, they're both still putting stuff out. I like Laura Olympus over at, uh, what is that, uh, Tune, Webtoons. Um, that's a fun comic. 
I really loved uh, Giant Days over at Boom. That was a great book. I love, I just, I like slice of life kind of things. I really like, uh, I used to love Dork, like Evan Dorkin's book for a while back in the, the aughts, I guess. Um, I just, I love just trying different comics and looking to see different things. Nice. Yeah. You know, I have a whole bunch of people that I, you know, they're good friends of mine that are always putting something fun out. Uh, Dan Panosian's putting out some great stuff over at uh, Boom. Uh, I really love Cliff Chang's work uh, when he was working on uh, Paper Girls. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, there's so much stuff out there that like uh, that I really vibe with. I really like the, what is it, the, the nice lake house on the... Or oh, the, the nice, nice house. house on the lake, yeah. James like, yeah, yeah, that was the artwork on that. It's gorgeous and this, mm. the writing stellar. Oh, I've never so, heard of this one. Nice house on the lake. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's really neat. Uh, we nice. actually, we we were reading. Jill and I were taking turns reading, and then it got doused in water for some reason. So. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh, I think I might have to go and get another trade of it. But, so. <laughs> yeah, I just read volume three of uh, Department of Truth from James. Oh, what's that? Oh, is that another? Yeah, That's yeah. Great. He's a wonderful writer. So yeah. Oh yeah, he makes cool so stuff. Much great. There's so many great writers out there right now. Like I did a, a short story that Tom King had written, uh, like oh, a, Lobo, nice. a Lobo story that I just I adored. And like I keep the the first page on that one, like up above in the kitchen. Like nice. we put it little area, just because it was a Lobo story, and I had like no time to draw it. I had I think I had <laughs> six pages of pencil and ink it, so it was an eight page story. Oh wow! But uh, I had so fun doing it you know and um there's just some really 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 inventive and creative writers out there right now like um i just love everybody's you know they're really at the top of their game a lot of guys are just swinging for the fences and uh, it's really it's a wonderful time to be a comics fan honestly because there's stuff out there and so much of it is really great i i think that uh, some of the stories out there right now are just some of the greatest stories like ever I, I think everybody's getting a real good sense of what they can do with the field and the industry and mm-hmm. there's all sorts of options and opportunities for everybody to do things i love it i, th- I think uh, i think this comics are in a great place right now i agree um you know and webtoons does all sorts of amazing stuff there's a ton of like uh korea pop shows that come out of uh, korea that are all webtoons stories you know like um we were watching uh Itaewon class is a great story it's a uh, um, show that's on netflix you can catch it and that was originally a comic strip so oh really uh, oh okay yeah. Yeah, there's a ton of things out there that like you never would know that they're like based on a, a comic strip but uh and then of course um what is it? there's um there's a mobius book that's going to be like a movie. I want to say the ankle in Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's going to be a movie pretty soon. So like you get, you get these sneaky little like uh, comic strip ideas, you know what I mean? Like mm. you won't think of it as iron. Like most people think of comic book stuff as Iron Man or Captain America or something like that. But you'll get yeah. like a, you get a ghost world that pops up where it's like, it's kind of like a, it's a movie that everybody really kind of likes, you know, but it's not, and it's based on a comic, but nobody would really know, um, you know, the ghost world is a comic book movie or, you know, uh, like 
it's just interesting to see like things that sort of pop around and then become a movie. Red, there was a, I think it's called Red. It was like, Red, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a comic book movie. Do you know what I mean? The yeah, Kitchen. I mean, there's a movie called The Kitchen that was a, a Vertigo book for a while. Oh, nice. History of so, Violence. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, History of Violence. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see like things mm-hmm. kind of come to the, the, the popular culture like through comics, but like through a backdoor kind of way, you know? Yeah. The whole, oh my God, I love The Boys. I'm, I can't yeah. wait. Oh, The Boys is great, yeah. Yeah. Umbrella is awesome. The show, I think, is better than the comic, The Umbrella Academy. So I'm really excited to... to have that come back. I like Umbrella Academy a lot. That was a cool show. Right, that's a great show. We really like Sweet Tooth. That was yeah. that was a show that like wasn't that great? It's a really yeah. sweet little. Yeah, yeah. Like it was. Yeah, it was very endearing, honestly. Yeah, no pun like intended. With the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the apocalyptic stories go, it was very endearing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Do you funny. read any like Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips? Oh my God, I, I Ed Brubaker is so intense. I I kind of have to, <laughs> I I kind of have to be in a mood to partake mm. in their stuff. I, I it affects my mood like it really does. Like I get so drawn into it that like I really wind up kind of in a weird headspace <laughs> after I've read their work. So uh, like the answer is like it's almost too intense for me really like uh yeah. i loved there was one that they did where it was uh it was the archie gang it was the kids from archie but all grown up and then like uh what? just murder people yeah it was great <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they could say it was the archie gang you know what i mean but it was That's clearly crazy. veronica and archie and and I gotta uh, read that. it's so great it's really neat and it's a it's a brubaker and phillips thing that one like blew my head off. I freaking loved it so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. The true crime stuff is amazing. And then of course they dive into all the stuff in LA, like, you know, different period. <laughs> that's so what I was telling so, someone. I was like, a lot of their books all deal with like LA's underbelly, whether it be like Hollywood underbelly or like, you know, more than a few comics, they hint at like the Bohemian Grove. Or just like satanic hippie seventies, sixties California ritual stuff, Charles Manson type of stuff. Yeah. They love that world, especially in LA. They love going into that. Yeah, well, it's it's funny because when I was I used to live in New York, and uh, everybody in New York was like, "Oh, well, LA has no culture." You know, that was always the that was always the rap that uh, <laughs> that they had. But it's not true. It's just that the the culture is not. It's like the main street culture and it's like not the mainstream culture like people come out here thinking that the movies are kind of what the town is all about but it's not like the town is like the la is like 500 years old you know what i mean it's a it's a city that literally has like roots all the way back to the the spanish occupation yeah and the culture and the people uh you know like when when this became a, a state you know, uh, 170 years ago, like everybody who had been here during the Spanish occupation and the, the, uh, the native American population here, they were just here. Like they were just still here. Like it wasn't like, uh, suddenly it was like, you know, just like a whole bunch of white dudes, like, in like the colonies and like England. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, the, the culture here has a lot to do with like, the local Latino population, the local Asian population, 
the the it's over overlaid with the the Hollywood kind of stuff. Uh, so it's really fascinating. It's a it's a you just have to open yourself up to it and not expect that it's going to be easily acceptable ac- accessible. Because in New York, everything's easily accessible. Like mm. everybody wants to be in their tiny cramped apartment. So out they go. They're like. <laughs> and everything it's kind of like there's no real secret things but here in la there's all these little secret parties there's all these little little secret kind of like alcoves and you find yourself in a different spot in la and you're like i didn't even know this part of the town existed like where are we you know like yeah. i'd get friends of mine would, would pick me up and drive you would drive like an hour somewhere still in la but like you know i don't i wouldn't we'd have a you know, it would be like at some weird hacienda in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Where are we? But I guess we're here in LA. It's just spread out and, and secretive, you know? I, so, uh, a buddy of mine just took me to an area of LA I've never been to over the weekend. And it was, yeah? it blew my mind to see. Uh, uh, South Central, but off of Figu- Figuera in like the 80s and 60s. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And Absolutely. Being a huge fan of like the the wire and David Simon and everything, it was it was an open air prostitution market. Hundreds of oh, prostitutes. Shit. I mean, no. like it was yeah, no, it blew my mind. Like hundreds, no exaggeration. I would turn down blocks like to look, and there'd be like 50 or 60. And it was so big and it expanded at least 20 blocks. And I was like, well, the cops have to just turn a blind eye because you can't not notice it. Yeah, if it's, if it's like that. Well, no kidding, really. That's yeah, really it was cool just the drive-through because my friend was like, yo, have you ever been to the hoe stroll? And I was like, what <laughs> is the hoe stroll? He's like, dude, yeah. like, let's go. Like, it, it, It's insane to look at. And it, it was. It was really mind-blowing. So like Figaro in like, the 80s and 90s? Yeah. Where, 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 during the day or night? Or no, like, we went at like 11.30 p.m. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, but, uh, I, so then the car traffic for these blocks, I told him, I was like, dude, have you ever like on Christmas, like, you know, in certain neighborhoods do up all their houses and there's yeah. a lot of traffic to go see the houses? It was like <laughs> that, like no bullshit. There were a line of cars. And I was like, dude, like... The cops, I was just amazed that like this clearly is like allowed. Yeah. Because you can't not notice it and then bust. You would, you would arrest like hundreds of people in one night. Absolutely. So it's, it was weird to see. I was like, this must just be like, you know, people just turn a blind eye to it. That's the thing. LA just has all these little secret surprises that you just never, you won't be in that neighborhood or you'll be in that neighborhood like at a different time of the day or something like that. And like, like my wife goes down, there's a forge. Um, you know, like a blacksmithing forge, like during the day, it's completely different. And during a night, it's also completely different. You know what I mean? Like the neighborhood changes like overnight. So it's just fascinating. And then there's all these like little theaters everywhere. And, uh, you know, like I would go to, uh, she, she used to work in comedy. So like, you know, we go to all these little comedy like clubs that are essentially like someone's house. or like little black box theaters yeah or little black box theaters yeah exactly you wouldn't think of anything of it you'd think it's just an abandoned theater during the day they do look abandoned a lot of them literally look abandoned and they're all in use (laughs) yeah I'm like spruce it up a little bit but uh, yeah they're all they all look like completely abandoned but they come to life at night and uh, it's just fascinating to see you know it's um, it's just spread out and it's just like 
kind of invite only like someone has to know somebody who went to a thing to go like oh there's a thing there you know like so so i remember one of the first parties i ever went to in la like i don't even know where it was it was in uh sort of the mid city district and uh it was a big warehouse no windows whatsoever just a a red (laughs) a a green light above like a door and some dude standing there and we we, you know we went in and it was like a multi-level kind of like bar with like crushed velvet seats and like beautiful like interiors and like i was just like i can't wrap that my head around the fact that this place is what it looks like on the inside you know so (laughs) but uh, but coming from new york everything was all obvious you know like you walk past you know, like all the theaters that are open and you can, it's a walk, it's a walking town, you know, it's kind of like Chicago. You can walk around, yeah. but LA, you have to drive everywhere. So it's true. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's our, then uh, that's our LA minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, so, Anthony. Yeah. It sounds so mystifying. I'm like, I can't, I'll get lost if I step foot in LA and gotta stay in the city. Yeah. But pleasantly so you'll get, uh, you'll get lost in a good way. Yeah. I've actually never been to LA. So, only really yeah okay only been to california once i went to san francisco but not la san francisco is pretty nice too i like traveling like when i can like uh that's the great thing about um comic books that i would i didn't expect i thought i'd be sitting in my drawing board all day long (laughs) and i do but uh i get invited to different conventions all over the world so i was in argentina and in kuala lumpur and wow Singapore and Sweden and the Netherlands and France and Germany, Italy. So you just get invited to different things and it's really, it's fun. It's uh, it's really fascinating to be able to do it. I'm, I'm kind of hoping the world opens up sooner. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was going to say, uh, so do you do like, um, do you draw for people at, at conventions ever or is that some, oh, you like? Yeah, like I'm doing a convention in Spokane or Spokane, Spokane in Washington State uh in uh the first weekend in june and yeah that's what i do i'll sit down and uh, i'll say like you know anybody who wants a sketch this is how much i'm charging and you know i usually try and give like a good price where people can buy it you know and then um i'll do sketch sometimes while they're there i'm while i'm talking to them sometimes i'll have to take it to the hotel room but i'll do sketches i'll sell comics so you know sometimes i'll sell prints of things um so it's just great. I, I really, I love, I love doing, I love doing what I do. You know, it's, um, comic books are just amazing. It's a, it's a real fun way to tell a story. It's a real fun use of my time and drawing. And, um, I just love doing it. So, yeah. And I love that this comic, the, the secret history of the war on weed, that it exists, like it exists in the same medium as all the comics we've been talking about. Like, that's just cool. Okay. Yeah, it's really cool. You can tell any kind of story. It's a, it's um, people kind of confuse the the uh, message with the medium. Like, so they'll say like, you know, you'll be talking to somebody about comic books, and all I can think of is superheroes. And I did most of my work in superheroes. So, um, you know, when you talk about anything out of it, out of the superhero realm, they kind of they don't quite understand what it is that I'm talking about. But uh, but it's kind of like movies, you know, not all, not all movies are superhero movies. A lot of them are now, but, (laughs) 
<laughs> but, it's, but it's, I think it's really great. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see like all the things that come down the pike. I'm really looking forward to the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, yeah, looks pretty cool. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the secret history of the war on weed is just—it's a blast. It was really fun to draw. So we have other things coming out too. Like Jerry and I have a project that's probably going to come out through Substack. Um, but it's kind of rated R. It's not. Uh, it's not for the wee ones. It's not for kids. This is a G-rated podcast, so I don't know. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Good. No, 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 no definitely it's not. not. Definitely, it's. Yeah. <laughs> well, then maybe everyone will be excited about it. But uh, we're going to announce it in a little while. I have to finish it up. And the axe stuff uh, that I do over at Heavy Metal with Brian and uh, Joe Troman, like uh, that's definitely rated R. It's there's a lot of boot. <laughs> nice. Uh, we love boobs like, too. Yeah, if you like boobs, you'll love. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I, I've been I've been branching out uh, and doing different things. You know, I did superhero comics for gosh, just for so long, and and I I I love talking in that vein. You know what I mean? Like I love drawing that kind of stuff. I love action. Uh, I love drama. So I'll always wind up doing some superhero thing of some sort or some science fiction kind of thing. But uh, I, I like branching now. I like I like the way that things go when I've been branching out. So. Nice, nice. That's awesome. Well, shit. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Seriously. Ah, of course, it's been a real guest. You guys are fantastic. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you. We really appreciate it. It was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Seriously, I'm seriously glad. Like we finally we set a day. We did it. Yeah, that's it's great. Good. This is a this was a good talk. Absolutely. And if anybody's interested in picking up the secret history of the war on weed, they can go down to their local comic book shop um, and ask for it by name. Uh, most likely they'll have it. If they don't, they can order it. And uh, if uh, you can't get it this time out, we're going to do some more things with it and then hopefully put out like a collection of things. So nice. So yeah, we're having a blast doing it. So and it's really great. I, I'm really enjoying it. I, you know, it's really nice to be able to do, um, create our own projects and uh, keep that stuff rolling. So nice. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. you know what? You know what? I just realized I was talking about having two copies. I think we should give one of the copies away for this episode. Yeah, Let's do it. So okay. if someone yeah. can't find it, we'll give it away. So we're going to do a giveaway for this episode. So if you're listening, check, check out for that. Cause we're going to, someone's going to have a copy of this comic. <laughs> Good. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hi, you're listening to Comics and Chronic, and I'm Jacob H. I'm Cody Cannon. And I'm Anthony Iannaccio. And you can tune in every Thursday to hear new episodes of Comics and Chronic. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Comics and Chronic. That's Comics, the letter N, Chronic. We'll see you guys next week. Woo! Peace.